Blinders. I almost I almost got it out there. That was a little bit better than yesterday. Good morning, Grinders. Now, second time didn't even work. Welcome to the DFS Free Game Show here on Roto Grinders. I'm Jordan Cooper, aka Blender Ed. Blender HD. If you want to follow me on Twitter, and it's Tuesday, July 25th. I still got a, I still got a cough. I still got a sore throat. I still got a cold. Let's see how long this show lasts. I don't have James on like yesterday that he could talk for for more of the time. It's just me here. Just me here in the YouTube chat. Give me those thumbs ups. Give me the thummy thumbs. Help it, it, it helps me. It's very similar to the Dayquil I just took, I don't know, seven minutes ago. So maybe maybe the more thummy thumbs I get, the the better, the better I'm able to recover from from my cold. I mean, I don't feel I don't really feel bad. Just maybe I can't talk. As uh, as efficiently as and I'm a little bit a little bit hoarse a little bit hoarse, but uh, it's Tuesday, and uh, what do we got to talk about? What do we have to talk about? I have no idea. I don't got any questions. Remember, you can send them in questions at theoryofdfs.com. You got questions, I got answers. Whether it be about DFS, any sport, any format, uh, sports betting, prop betting, uh, just game theory in general. Who knows about anything? Come up, come up with your own problems. Uh, maybe I can solve them. So send them in questions at theoryofdfs.com. Uh, you could obviously pick up uh, the Theory of Daily Fantasy Sports course, 15-hour audio DFS masterclass, as well as the Advanced Players Guide with custom Excel tools. In total, it's 21 hours of audio and uh, Excel tools that I do use uh, on a regular basis in order to build my lineups in baseball and MMA, football coming up, NFL, right? That'll be coming up soon. I'm thinking about possibly playing some of these preseason contests. Going back to, I, I think, one of the most important episodes of, of, of this show is where does the money come from? Where does the money come from? Where does, where, where does your edge come from? And maybe maybe August baseball, maybe maybe that's not the best place where it comes from. Maybe preseason NFL, maybe there's, there's, more, there's more dead money in preseason NFL. So I'm going to take a look at that. Maybe I won't play like the Hall of Fame game or anything like that, but maybe I will. I actually, truthfully, from the past I've seen the the early preseason games, you see like a guy that's literally the day before they've literally said this guy will not be suiting up, right? Like the star running back or a star wide receiver or something, and it'll still be like eight percent owned in the like whatever showdown contest that they have. Like if that's happening. Like there's no reason not not to put your money there, right? Even though obviously it's a very top heavy contest, but from an expected value standpoint, if you if, you, if you're gonna have thirty percent of the field having a player on 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 their on their lineup that is is legitimately in their street clothes, I don't see that's that's where you should be putting your money. I mean, I mean, I've been focused so much this year on where where where's the money? Where does the money come from? Find finding the better places to put your money rather than just be in the grind of, well, yeah, I play MLB DFS until NFL comes around. And then, then I add in uh, NBA, you know, play, uh, put in my PGA lineups once a week. Maybe you don't play showdown in that, uh, the, you know, the round one, round two, round three, that type of stuff, but just getting out of, out of, out of that cycle. Because back in 2015, when I started, I mean, there was the, the edge in those contests were, were much bigger. But now with so many more formats now, uh, so so many more slates, so many more verticals, prop betting, obviously, and other games, drafting games, right? I know that people have been telling me that, you know, the underdog 
the the daily drafts in like MLB. There's more edge there than in like MLB cash games. So that that's that's what I'm I've been looking into a lot more. That and hence why not playing as much standard classic DFS uh, this year in comparison to other years. Right? Not because there's no edge there. It's just that there are better edges. There are better edges, and I have a you know I have a fairly conservative bankroll management profile, and uh, I will put the money where where it does the most work. Daniel Hudgens says, for some reason, DK and FanDuel have unusually large contests today. Well, is there anything else? Is there anything going on today? I mean, there's base, there's baseball today. It's a, and it's a big slate, so I can I can see why they you know ramp it up on Tuesday because you know the golf contest. I mean, what else is going on? The, the Tuesday, July twenty fifth. What other sports are going on? I have no idea. All right, so we got baseball today, uh, and then and someone thrown in my DMs asked me about you know like. Oh, about like oh, uh, what what I say is like if you want to make like twenty to twenty five thousand dollars sports betting in a year, like that's absolutely realistic. But like if you want to make like a lot of money sports betting, like the the main thing is getting the money down, right? But twenty to twenty five thousand, I think is is a reasonable goal. And like, well, how do you do it? I mean, you you do it by by finding the bet, finding the bad lines, and betting on them consistently. It's like the, the, there's there's no trick to it. Like you need you need a source of truth. That's what they'll say in the in the in the in the sports betting space. But here at Roto Grinders, we have projections, right? We have player projections for like every sport. Right? You can get statistical projections. You could get you, I mean, you could aggregate other projections. You can just use our tools and whatever. But we we come up with projections for fantasy sports. You could use them for sports betting. So for instance, like all you would be doing is, I mean. I use the bat projections in baseball. I mean, there's, there's, you have all these books here. I mean, EV analytics even shows, you know, like here's the, here's the the current line and here's the bad X projection and the difference between them. And your goal is to find lines that are significantly enough off. Obviously when it comes to prize picks and underdog, you need to find like minus one thirty sevens or better, which may it, not, not as easy to do. But in in in, uh, in regular prop betting, I mean, you just pretty much a lot of times have to find minus one ten or better, minus one fifteen or better. Why is that, right? Well, people think that they're trying to bet on the right side, but what's going to happen? No, no, your your goal is to just get expected value. That's it, right? Because we take a look, and I'm looking at the Action Network betting calculators. Okay, so like for instance, if you bet a hundred dollars, and I mean, what's minus one fifty? Minus 150 odds is an implied odds of 60%, okay? So if, if a line was set at minus 150, that is essentially saying that the book is pricing this as if this event is going to happen 60% of the time. If you think that the event is going to happen more than 60% of the time, you will get positive expected value on that bet. If you think it's going to happen less than 60% of the time, you will get negative expected value, right? The odds are minus 150, but you think you think the you think the probability is 65%. It means the odds should be minus 185. Or you think it's only 55%. The odds should be minus 122. You could convert any American odds, any decimal or fractional odds or whatever, into an implied probability. And implied probabilities are the basis of what, like, all projections are built on. 
right? Percentile projections. So let's say, for instance, get the odd value calculator. Let's let's use that example. Let's use that example of uh, the minus 150, right? You see a, a favorite at minus 150. Our projections, right? Our projections, whether it be team level projections, total, whatever. I'm not even saying what the market is. Because you uh, uh, explain the concept. Minus 150. But you, you, our projections, you believe, your source of truth, whatever. Let's say it's 63. Says that that will happen 63% of the time. Maybe it's a, a running backs, rushing yards. 54 and a half. Based on distribution curve on that percentile. It's going to happen 63% of the time. Which means that the odds should be minus 170 or so. Not minus 150. But how much money do you stand to make? Oh, I'm going to bet on the over. I'm going to bet on the whatever, right? I'm going to bet on the minus 150 because it should be minus 170. You bet 100 bucks. Does that mean you win? I mean, whatever whatever it would be? Do you win, uh, what, 66 bucks or whatever on that bet? Like automatically. Like it's going to happen. There you go. No. Your expected value is the difference between the actual odds and the and the given odds. So the, the money in between minus 150 and minus 170, that is your expected value. So in the odds value, we there's a little odds value calculator here on Action Network. So we have a hundred dollar wager. And we put the American odds minus 150, which is 60%. We say that 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 actual event has a 63% win probability. Your expected value on this bet is five dollars, five percent. If it, if it, the actual win probably is 65%, the expected value on this is eight eight dollars and thirty-three cents, or eight point three percent. A lot of times you're not going to find necessarily ones that are this wide, but you'll find that you'll find these 63 ones, right? So you put down a hundred dollars. What's your expected value? Five bucks. That's it. That's your expected value. Now, obviously, on the other end, if the odds were minus 150 and our projections, your source of truth, your way of determining, would probably it's only 58%, your expected value is now negative. You're losing $3.33 on that on that wage. A lot of people think it's like, oh, okay, I'm going to bet $100 here, $100 there, $100 here. They're going to make 10 bets for 100 bucks, right, as a, a unit for something. They go, oh, well, the projections say that this is an over. The projections say that this is an under. The projections say this is an uh, this is over. This is under. This is whatever. This side, this team, they pay. T- they make ten bets of a hundred dollars, and then, like, first off, you're not going to win all of them, right? These are all probabilities. They go. They bet ten bets at a hundred bucks, and they go seven and three. They make money on that day, and then they go. Okay, how, how do I how do I make more money? And they go. If you go seven and three every day, like you're not making seven hundred dollars a day. On $100 bets. You're only making this expected value. You go 10 and 0, it doesn't matter. Your expected value is still five bucks. Doesn't matter if you won this bet. Right? Let's let's make let's make it even easier. 
easy to calculate, right? American odds are 100, right? 50-50, break-even. And the win probability is 50, actually 55%. You're making $10 in expected value on that bet. The odds you're getting is a coin flip, even money, plus 100. Our projections, your projections, source of truth, whatever, whatever source that you have, whatever model that you have that has been back-tested that is reasonably enough accurate, based on that, that event has a 55% chance of happening. So your expected value on this bet is $10, 10%. Okay? You may not even be able to find some of these at, that, at this level. Maybe it's only 52 Maybe it's only 53. If you find a bet that's plus 100, that based on your model, your source of truth, your projections, whatever, whatever it is, 53%, your expected value is $6. Okay, $6, that's it. So let's say you find 10 of these. A varying odds or whatever. They're off by 3%, 5%. And you bet $100 on each of them. Okay, so let's say you, let's say, let's say in this example, you find 10 that, that are exactly like this on a given day. So you're betting $1,000, right? 10 $100 bets. Based on your model, our model, Roto-Grinders projections, the bat projections, the whatever, the blitz projections, the whatever. Your expectation on that day is $60. That's it. 60 bucks. You're betting $1,000 to get $60 of expected value. Now, the variance is going to be high. On average, right, you'll make 60 bucks. Right? Some some days you'll go nine and one. Some days you'll go one and nine. (coughs) Some days you'll go five and five. But even though you're betting $100 bets, $1,000 a day, your expectation on the day is 60 bucks. So now imagine doing that every day for 30 days, okay? So if you're able to find these little 2 3% differences, <coughs> right? So let's say you're betting $100 a bet, you're spending $1,000 a day. I mean, this is a very rudimentary example. It wouldn't be this rigid. So you're doing 10 bets at $100 with an edge of... with edge of 6, 6%, right? Which is pretty high, Right? Sometimes it's only going to be 2%, 2%, 3%, 1. I mean, you're you're kind of looking like, like 1%, 1.5% or better <coughs> on average. Well, let's say, let's say you were to find 10 bets at $100 each, and you're able to get $100 on them. The edge is 6%. That would equal 60 bucks. Well, let's say you did that every day, 30. <coughs> Times 60 <laughs> is $1,800, okay? And again, in normal, a normal month, right? 
And then you multiply that by 12 months. What does that equal? <laughs> what, 21, I think 21.6, right? Yeah, $21,600. When, when I was asked, well, how do you go and you make twenty dollars to $25,000? This is, this is how you do it. Now, you may not be making 10 bets at $100. You may be making, you may be making 20 bets at $50. Depending on Kelly, you may, to maximize your return and lower your risk, you're going to be betting more with your bigger edges. A bet that has an edge of 6%, you may be betting more than an edge you have of 1.5%. Right? And in order to survive the variance of this, you may need, may need, 20 times the bankroll size minimum. So maybe you need to start with 20,000, right? If you're going to be betting a thousand bucks a day, that's 5%. Depending on the edges, obviously the bigger edges, you need a less of a bankroll. The smaller edges, the more of a bankroll you need. I would think 20,000 may be the minimum, at least for my, for my, 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 uh, my risk profile. So doing this, as long as you're able to get the money down, which at this level, if you're betting 40 bucks here, 100 bucks there, 80 bucks here, like pretty much any market, you should be able to get down that level. Right? If it's a player prop, if it's a if it's a side or a total, it should that shouldn't be a problem. Finding these edges before they disappear. This most of your bets that you're going to be making are not going to be an hour before the game time. You're going to be looking at this the night before. You're going to be waking up in the morning. You're going to be looking at stuff. When you're betting on NFL, you're most likely going to be, be making your bets Monday morning, Sunday night, for the following Sunday. Right? Unless something major happens, oh, Wednesday practice, someone's injured, and blah, blah, blah. And now the, now the lines start readjusting to everything. Quarterback may be out. You look at you look at your your projections and you go, oh, okay, wow, I factored all this in before the market moved enough, right? It's like, oh, well, I have to, I have to, the, the star quarterbacks out, so these receiving props are too high. So you have to hit them before they move, or they come up. A lot of times they just come off the board and they'll come back up. They just remove them totally. But at these levels, a hundred dollars or less, fifty dollars or less. Typically, the problem of getting the money down doesn't exist as much. As much, it shouldn't exist at all at this level. You can't handle fifty dollar bet from someone, no matter if they're sharp or not. I don't know why you're in business. So, if you did this every day, and you had edges everywhere from like one percent to, you'll have so there'll be some bets where you'll have a fifteen percent edge. You'll find some some offline somewhere that stale thing that didn't move. Fifteen percent edge, and that yeah, dude on the, those days where you have a fifteen, but maybe you maybe you're betting five, six, seven hundred dollars on that. And obviously, as your bankroll grows, like the amount of that you spend per day will grow also. If you're sticking to five percent or whatever, three percent, whatever, whatever it is. Or as your bankroll goes from twenty thousand to thirty thousand. 
Well, instead of betting a hundred, a thousand dollars a day, you're betting fifteen hundred dollars a day, which means now, now instead of making sixty bucks on average on this, you're making ninety bucks on average, which means you get to grow your bankroll even faster, and you have to be able to survive the swings. Remember, this is all expected value. On average, you'll make sixty bucks a day in this scenario. On average, but there'll be there'll be a week where you lose like you go two and eight, like five five days in a row. And as long as as long as the model that you're using, your projections, your source of truth, is is accurate enough, right? There's not something specifically wrong that it's it's pricing a, a market completely wrong. A lot of times you will see that. You'll see that by market or by player. There'll be there will be some reason why you're going to be dramatically off market on a specific player or on a specific market. So for instance, on a specific market, if you find, if you see that you're 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 constantly seeing that uh Hits allowed, right? For pitchers, you're constantly over, over. Like, like they could be 14 games, 28 pitchers, and and your projections say that 21 of the pitchers, like, there's more than a two percent edge on the over hits allowed. Unlike all the, the entire market, you're like you're much more likely to be off. Like something, something may be up with your model. More likely then the entire market is wrong. You're off by a certain percent. The same thing happens if they have a specific player. If you constantly, every, if every five days, you're constantly under over on a specific pitcher's strikeouts or, or whatever. It can even be hey, in NFL. Every week, you're like over, over on this team's receiving yards. It doesn't, hey, it doesn't mean doesn't mean that you're wrong. Doesn't mean that the market is right. Just means that it's more likely, more likely that something may be off. But how you're calculating that specific person. Now, in stuff like baseball with pitchers, a lot of times it's just pitch count. Right? You, I mean, it's garbage in, garbage out type, type of thing when it comes to models. In basketball, if you're like, if you're constantly over on Giannis's props in basketball. It may just be that you're giving him 36 minutes when really you should only be giving him 34, right? You're constantly, the model's fine if you give him 34 minutes, but you're giving him 36 minutes. But the market is viewing it at 34 minutes consistently. So it may just be a problem that like, well, why don't you look to see is 36 minutes a good median number for minutes played? Same thing in football for like the wide receivers. Oh, I'm over on these guys. Maybe maybe you've given them too high of a target share. Maybe you've given the team too high of a play count. And that's just that specific game. Typically, that'll be reflective of a lot of props on the game across the board. Right? Because if, you, if you're over on, <coughs> on receiver yards, you're probably over on passing yards. You're probably over on the total of the game. You're probably over on a lot of things. But let me be clear. That doesn't mean that you're wrong. Oh, the model's wrong. 
That doesn't that doesn't that doesn't mean that. It's more likely to mean that. It just doesn't mean right. Over the long run, the mar- the, the market, the closing numbers <coughs> are going to be more efficient than any than any model that can be made. And that also depends on the liquidity of the market. Prop markets aren't that liquid. So judging your play solely by closing line value in prop markets, I mean, it's something. It's better than nothing. But it's it's not anywhere near as useful as CLV in like spreads and totals of major markets. Right. If you get if you get a team at uh, at minus one thirty in NFL and it closes at minus one sixty two, like that's good. Then you you did a you did a great job, right? You you bet uh, some some prop at minus one ten, and it closes at minus one thirty five. I don't know how much that means. Does that mean anything? That it stays at five, like five and a half strikeouts, and it stays there, but it goes from minus one ten to minus one thirty five. There's just not as not there's just not enough liquidity in the market that it's not going to be as efficient. I mean, you know, it's the monkeys typing keyboards, the Shakespeare quote, whatever that is, the crowdsourcing thing. Like yeah, in an in a NFL in an NFL money line market, like dude, you know how much money and how many bets are coming in those. Compare that to a random Tuesday strikeout prop in MLB. No, we're nowhere close. Nowhere close. The lines may not, the, the lines are, are moving sometimes based on nothing. Based on, oh, with someone that we think is sharp just made, made a $500 bet. Let's move it up. That's it. Sometimes they don't move. Sometimes they, sometimes they, sometimes they move because the, the books model changes. I mean, like, like there's, there's so little, there's so much less liquidity in those markets. It's simple. I mean, I see people judge, oh, my CLV on props is X. I'm like, okay. I mean, that's, it's, it's something, right? I'm not, I'm not, I don't want to discount it, but it's not, it's, it's, it's not the be all end all in, in prop markets as it is. If you told me that in spreads and totals, those, those type of markets in major sports, even in minor sports, then, then, then you've got something. But this is the this is the plan. I mean, it's it's not this isn't complicated. Other than the fact that you that you need some way of originating a number. This would be the bottom up approach. There's a way to add top down methodologies to this also, finding arbitrage, comparing lines, pricing derivatives. Like you could price derivatives without having a model. Well, sort of without having a model. Derivatives meaning that uh, the NFL game has a total of 48, right? But it also has a first half total and a second half total of 24. It's not going to be 24. (coughs) So based on the prices of the the main market, you could price the derivatives and see, see across 20 different sports books. If you could find an arbitrage opportunity where once you combine the probabilities of the derivative 
with one derivative to another derivative that is essentially almost 100% correlated, that you get a negative hold. <coughs> right? That you're finding one derivative that's being priced at minus 120 and another derivative that is almost 100% negatively correlated at plus 125. I mean, would it be worth it for that little bit of, bit of banner arbitrage? Probably not. <coughs> but once you have access to 20 plus different books or whatever, and they want to put out these betting menus that have 30,000 bets on a given day, you can find those arbitrage opportunities. <coughs> How much money can you make on those? Not that much. Remember, the number one, the number one thing in this is that if you want to make like twenty, twenty-five thousand dollars a year sports betting like this with the with the the bankroll, that is absolutely and unequivocally realistic. If you want to make more than that, the number one thing is going to be getting the money down. So, like, yeah, if you want, if you find an arbitrage opportunity <laughs> on a derivative market, maybe you're able to get. 500 on one side and 350 on the other side and based on based on the derivative pricing you your expected value on the hedge on the arb is $22 right so basically you're waging $850 for a guaranteed profit of 22 bucks so it's not like you're making a ton of money right well, how do I make more than twenty-two dollars? Well, why don't you put five thousand on one side and three thousand on the thirty-five hundred on the other side? Well, now you're making two hundred and twenty dollars in the ARP, right? Instead of twenty-two bucks. The problem is, is that are you going to be able to get five grand on the on that on that secondary on that derivative market? Maybe the first time, maybe not the second time, right? To scale to scale this is is tough. They'll start, they'll start limiting you. They'll start capping you. So you need to, you need to be cognizant of where your outs are. And yeah, if you, if you can, and then you build up accounts and you do, yeah. Can you, can you do the same exact thing and get more money down and make 200,000, 300,000? Yeah. But I mean, just understand you're going to be spending most of your time managing accounts, Right. So much so that that's going to be your primary job. Your goal is to manage accounts. Actually, beating the lines is, is like that, like the secondary thing that you do. The ninety-five percent of your time is going to be like, what accounts are open here? What accounts are where can I? Where am I out there? And then you're starting to to build up like PPH accounts, and you're and next thing you know, you're basically you're basically running like a like a like a like a CS uh, what would you a CRM program. Right, like a customer relationship management program. You're just like all you're doing is like, what accounts do I have here? What accounts do I have? What can I make the bets there and do that? You're running all of that, and not just sitting down and going, okay, what are, what are, what are, what are, what can I find today? Looking through odd screens and sorting out through projections to go, okay, here's a good line, here's a good line, there's a good line, there's a thing, blah blah blah. Close your laptop and you're done. You're not gonna be doing that, not for that amount of money. But if you're able to get down fifty to hundred bucks a bet, this, 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 there's no reason. There's no reason that that is not realistic to do so. To have a twenty thousand dollar bankroll and make 
and double that by the end of the year. Simply by signing up the Roto-Grinders, right? Signing up with scoresandodds.com and just using our projections and get and getting your bets in before they move. But when, when you have the edge, getting your money down then. If you're thinking about like, oh, okay, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do sports betting and you're like, I'll get home from work at, at six o'clock at night for the seven o'clock baseball games that start. And that's when I look to sit like, no, all the value is gone. It's going to be very, very rare for you to find, find edge to half an hour before game time. No, it's what you should be doing the night before when you wake up in the morning. You're not going to find a 6% edge in 15 minutes before, before game starts. And if your model's telling you that, I don't know how great your model is. But you may be able to find that early at 12 hours before on a, on a on a sport like baseball or basketball where it's like every single day. But just understand that your expected your expected value in these bets are not like, oh, this is a guaranteed winner. It's like, no, this is this is the type of thing where can you win 54% of your bets? I mean, like that, that, that. If you're betting minus one, if you're betting betting like minus one oh fives, minus one tens and you could win more than 52.8% of the time. I mean, you're gold. You're gold. You're gold, Jerry. So you have to you have to lower your expectations of like, oh yeah, I just use I'll use Roto Grinders projection model. And next thing you know, I'm gonna win 80% of my bets. Like that, that 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 doesn't exist. That if you if you're looking for that, it doesn't exist. So do you want to spend this? You want to spend 10 years looking for that going, this this guy's picks and these guys locks and what they don't exist. <laughs> so if you have any questions about uh any of this <laughs> uh email me questions at theory of obviously hit those dummy thumbs i've been coughing this entire show that's because i'm not getting enough dummy thumbs right i'm surprised i made it 35 minutes it's pretty good i thought like can i can I make it 25 30 but I'm getting a day off tomorrow. There's no show tomorrow. Tomorrow, I have no idea what's going on. There may be a Grinders Live. There may not be a Grinders Live. There's going to be a crunch time. There's an early slate tomorrow. But I don't know how FanDuel and DraftKings are going to be breaking. We don't know how they're going to break it up. But there will be some type of early slate content tomorrow. I just don't know when it is. And since I also have a doctor's appointment at 1 o'clock tomorrow, I don't. I can't commit because maybe that maybe it's overlapping. So basically, I just said, "Don't worry about me tomorrow. Don't worry about me at all tomorrow." So I won't be here tomorrow. You won't see the thumbnail for the pregame show tomorrow. But I, I will be back on Thursday, and then Friday we do we do some MMA, and uh, and yeah. So uh, you got any questions? I got the answers. So email them in questions at theoryofdfs.com. Yeah, my my throat's getting a little bit better. That means I that means some more people have hit the, the thumbs up button. So that's good. Yeah. So, yep. Baseball today. Baseball tomorrow. They would, I, I'm 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 going to look into more pre. Maybe we'll we'll maybe we'll do some preseason NFL stuff come August, right? There may actually be just a little little news, a little tip. The format of the show may change slightly come uh, come NFL season. Shouldn't affect anyone or anything. Oh my God, things are going to change. I'll still be here. But the the format, I may have more people on. 
right? May not just be James on on Mondays. We may have we may have a person on almost every day, right? You, it may not be just me talking, right? It would have helped today, but it helped today with my voice. But but if you like the show, hit that thumbs up button, subscribe to the channel, right? Subscribe to the channel, subscribe to Roto Grinders, right? Click that link in the description. Get ten dollars off your first month. Join me in my Blenders Game Theory channel in the Discord. Join the Discord anyway, right? Don't even join my channel. But I'm here helping you, answering your DFS strategy questions like I always do. Monday through Friday, 11 o'clock Eastern, on the DFS pregame show on rotogrinders.com.